It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Yeah, but before we do that, man, don't forget the Cavs is back at home Wednesday night. And if you want to attend the game, then you want to go to game time to get you some tickets. Uh, this is what you do. You download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. So make sure you check that out. So today, in our Black History moment, I found something pretty cool. February 13th, 1923, the first black professional basketball team uh, was formed, and the name of that team was called the Renaissance. So Robert J. Douglas formed the Renaissance, the, nation, uh, the nation's first black professional basketball team on February 13th. The team was named after the famous Renaissance ballroom in Harlem that served as its home court. The Rens, as they were called, um, initially played mostly in New York and then eventually around the nation. One of their greatest rivals and ultimately supporters was a white team called the Original Celtics. Together they played the first integrated game in the South. In addition to that, the Celtics would not join the American Basketball League in 1925, in part because the Rens were not allowed to. Pretty cool back there. So the first black pro team, basketball team, uh, February 13th, 1923, the Rens. I'll be honest. I had no idea. That's fascinating. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Jason Tidett, were you aware of this team? I know a little bit about this because I was just trying to – who's the guy's name that does the diversity studies in Florida? Oh, man. Out of the central – give me a minute. Let me let – me, I knew about the original Celtics and a little bit about the Renaissance because I think this guy's dad was the coach of the original Celtics or something like that. Well, Ty, yeah, Ty, you go and let Jason find that. I had no idea about this, and it just actually, that was crazy that we, he said that the Celtics, they was the, the Celtics refused to play because of this? That's what Earl said, yeah. That's, yeah, that, I thought that was pretty dope. That, that is, uh, it I, is, it is crazy. I actually got a lot of respect for them now. I didn't know that. It just wasn't that long ago. That's, that's the crazy part to me is, if you really think about it, this that was, was not uh, that long ago. hundred years ago? Or what year was this? Yeah, hundred years 1923. ago. 1923. Yeah, hundred years ago. All right, so Dr. Richard Lapchick is the name I was trying to think of. He does all diversity studies at University of Central Florida. Uh, and he was best friends with Lou Alcindor, obviously became cream of George Bar. Yeah. And his dad was the center on the original Celtics. Joe Lapchick was the center on the original Celtics, who uh, went on to be a legendary coach. So he was not the coach of the original Celtics, but he played on that team. But there is just a there's a fascinating backstory between uh, Richard Lapchick and Kareem and how they became friends. And uh, Kareem was the only black kid on the team, and uh, he was they were throwing racial slurs at him and everything else. And Lapchick stood up for him, and they beat the hell out of him. And him and Kareem were best friends ever since. To this day, they're they're very close friends. Wait, he stood up for Kareem, yeah. and they beat him up. Yeah, they beat him up. They beat Lapchick up. And, uh, That's and, a hell of a story. And, that and, is. Yeah, I've, I've talked to Richard multiple times for uh, stories over the years. And uh, fascinating back, background, great. And he does this diversity study every year. He comes out with this annual diversity study. How's the NFL doing on minority hiring? How is uh, NHL, MLB, NBA, women, 
uh, African Americans, all of it. And he keeps like a running tally. And uh, it's, it, it, there's a lot there. There's, there's far too much to get into here, but I, I, I didn't even mean to go on that tangent, but the original Celtics thing, I knew I knew that from something and that was from Richard Lapchick. Uh, it's, it's amazing how some stuff that happened back then, I think about like if that happened today, I, I, it's a good thing that I just wasn't bored at that time. <laughs> That's just, you did the right thing by not allowing me to be in that time frame because this, but maybe I guess the mindset was just different back then. Like, so maybe, maybe the way I think today wouldn't be how I thought back then. So maybe it would be different, but like, I just hear that now and I'm just like, it's crazy. I take all five of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I take all five of y'all by myself. It is, it is crazy. Oh, another fantastic spotlight. We'll continue this throughout the week, throughout the rest of February. Do you want to set up our next question, Earl? Because I uh, think it's... Be- before we get to that, I think, like, you know, everybody out here on the panel, as I'm going through these every day, I'm educating myself on stuff I didn't even know. And like Tyvis said, man, because I often say there's no way in hell. I'm telling you. Like, I could have lived during those times. Like, I would have been dead. I, that's exactly what I said to myself. Just I probably would have got, got hung a while ago. If they, they, they'd have killed me a long time ago, for sure. Because I'd have yeah, been that a rebel. crazy, man. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic. But before we get to that, let's get a read-in from FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if, you, if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. That's FanDuel. So, we had this conversation yesterday, and we've been having this conversation, I think, from last week, yesterday, you know, it kind of continued about Pat Mahomes <coughs> is him. You know, he's on some Michael Jordan-type-ish right now, Jay. Jason, I'm sorry. And it's it's posing the question of – He ain't here. (laughs) I know who you're talking to. (laughs) It's posing the question of, man, will the Browns reach the Super Bowl in the Pat Mahomes era? So we got to talking upstairs about who's closer to actually making the championship appearance. Is it the Cleveland Browns or the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think it's the Cavs because unless Patrick Mahomes retired this morning, I wasn't made aware of it. It ain't happening. Huh? <laughs> it, it's not. It's not just the Chiefs. It's the Ravens. It's the Bengals. It's the Bills. It's there, there's so many teams that are right there that probably are ahead of the Browns when they're whole and when they're healthy. I mean, it's the point now where they've basically they're tearing apart the entire offense and trying to put it back together <laughs> because, I mean, Joe Flacco came in and looked better in it than Deshaun did. And I'm not saying Deshaun played poorly, but it's clear at this point. I don't know how you can watch that season and say Flacco wasn't better. He was. So now they got to tear the whole thing apart and try and build it around Deshaun. So if anything, I don't feel like they're advancing right now. Maybe they will in the fall when they, it's all put together, maybe to look better. But right now... I mean, the Cavs are the second seed in the East. Now, I do think that there's a gap between Boston and Milwaukee and where Cleveland is, but because those teams have been there before, and I think Milwaukee's just a little bored right now, and I think I think they'll be fine. But the Cavs are really freaking good, and I've spent the last couple of weeks like talking to other teams as they come through and reaching out to some people 
that I have connections with from back when I covered the league, and they all say the Cavs are really good. They got to do it in the postseason. They got to prove it. And the postseason is totally different than the regular season. But I don't think they're that far away. Uh, and when LeBron comes back this summer, then they really won't be that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe. Maybe I'm kidding. I don't know. We'll see. So, he just threw a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Earl, so when you asked me this question yesterday, I think I've gone back and forth on this five separate times. Sure. I lean the Cavs, and I lean towards the Browns, and I lean towards the Cavs, and I lean towards the Browns. And I'm going to settle on the Browns for this reason. I think the Cavs are really good. Just like Jason, I've talked to some of my guys in the league. They all think the Cavs are really good. But to answer this question, I have to kind of peel back the layers and look at the foundation and the DNA of championship teams in each of their respective sports. It has been proven time after time after time that it is not impossible, but it is very, 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 very difficult to win a championship if your best player is an undersized guard. In the last 40 years, there's only been two guys to ever do it, Steph Curry and Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas. That doesn't mean the Cavs can't win a championship with Donovan Mitchell as their number one guy. I'm just saying history proves it is very difficult. I also believe, fundamentally speaking, that it is very difficult to win a championship if you have two non-shooting bigs that play together. Evan Mobley is shooting 71% from three this month. He's not a three-point shooter yet. He has to make some in the playoffs before I'll be able to change my mindset that him and Jared Allen aren't technically two non-shooting bigs on the court at the same time. So fundamentally speaking, I know the Cavs are a two-seed. They are a legitimate threat. They could absolutely win the title. But I think they're a flawed championship based on my championship DNA in basketball. Let's look at football. Here are the ingredients you need for a championship team in football. A top-tier quarterback, Mm. someone who can get to the quarterback, and someone who can defend in the secondary. That's the Chiefs' DNA, right? Pat Mahomes, Chris Jones, and their secondary. Well, the Browns have Miles Garrett. That, Chris Jones, equals out. Denzel Ward, Martin Emerson Jr., Greg Newsom. That secondary equals out. The question mark is Deshaun Watson. And I'm going to turn the tables on Jason Lloyd real quick because Jason Lloyd, when we did our playoff picks, picked the Browns to reach the Super Bowl. Yeah, I learned my lesson. (laughs) Because Joe Flacco was the quarterback playing at the level he was because the rest of the ingredients in the Browns championship DNA was there. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't work out, but I still believe Deshaun Watson can be the guy in Cleveland that he was in Houston. I'm not selling all the stock on Deshaun Watson returning to his previous elite form. And if Deshaun does that, and I understand it is a giant if, I think the Browns have a closer championship roster around their top guy. So I'm going to answer the Browns by a slight tiny margin just based on my own principles of what I consider the DNA of a championship team. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Titus? Man, you know, both of y'all make very good arguments. Hey, hey, everybody knows that I am King Switzerland. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I see it both ways. <laughs> I really do. Because with the Cavs, I mean, you know, you, basketball is different because basketball, all it takes is one or two people to get hot and they can take over a whole game. We watch LeBron and Kyrie take over a whole series. So all it takes is two special players. And when I think about the Cavaliers, obviously we know Donovan Mitchell is that guy. He can get hot and he just won't miss. They also got a bunch of guys who can be like that. No, they got a guy off the bench named Karis LeVert who can be like that. You know, Darius Garland can be like that. If Evan Mobley continues to keep climbing, that's a mismatch for a lot of teams because it's not, it's not a lot of teams that got fours that can that go inside and out, that can play inside and out. And if Evan Mobley continues to go in that trajectory, that is a huge X factor, which would give them um, an advantage over a lot of teams. So I could see them beating, you know, Milwaukee. I could see them beating Boston and getting into the finals. And I could see them winning it in that aspect. And then when I think about the Browns, you know, I think you, it starts with the quarterback, you know. And Deshaun Watson, he, he looked like he was headed in that direction before the injury. We thought that he was back. We thought that after seeing that half against Baltimore, he showed like, okay, this guy has championship DNA. And... I, uh, the team ends up going to be successful without him, but it lets me know that the right stuff is in that building. And Jason talked about how the Browns are blowing up their offense and getting a new offensive coordinator in there and a new play caller and getting all these new pieces. And I started to think, he said that the first team I thought about was the Baltimore Ravens. They did the same thing. And I said, oh, it's going to take years. It's going to take a while. When you get a new pass, when you get a new OC, it never just gels right away. It always takes a year or two. And I look up, and there was in the AFC Championship this year, so with the best record in the NFL. So, therefore, I, that throw that scenario out the case. If they pick it up and they get going and they get the right pieces, I think that this team can be successful. That defense is great. The only thing with that defense, and they got to figure this out, is to win on the road, and they got to figure out how to be good against good quarterback play. How can you be? That is the key to this offseason for the defense. How do we be effective against good quarterback play? Because for some odd reason, when they went up against good quarterbacks, they got shredded. They got to figure out maybe it's a disguise thing. Maybe it's more man. Maybe it's more zone. Maybe it's more blitzing. We gotta, they have to figure out how to be effective against good quarterback play. Each quarterback has a weakness. I understand that. You know, you look at even Patty Mahomes. He has a weakness. You have to find out what it is and you have to exploit it. That's just the name of the game. And I think that's the, where the defense is off at right now. So when I think about those two things, the two flaws and the two positives, I fall right down the middle. Both oh teams God. have a really good <laughs> oh chance. My God. That was a five-minute monologue here. to not get <laughs> an answer. Both, chance, both teams have a really good chance to win it, and I expect to see it happen in the very near future. Here's the thing. Like, closer to winning, you're, you're ridiculous. <laughs> closer to winning doesn't mean it's going to happen right now. I don't think Cavs win a championship this year. Yeah. I, I, is anyone going to sit here and pick the Browns to win the Super Bowl next year? G. <laughs> All right, fair. <laughs> Anyone else besides G going to pick the Browns win the Super Bowl? This Earl, possible? Earl, you going to pick the Browns win the Super Bowl next year? This possible. Don't make me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jason, Earl, don't. where do you fall on this one? Browns or Cavs? 
Honestly, man, this is hard. I'm like, type is, I'm, I'm kind of like, because I can see, honestly, the Cavs making it to the NBA Finals this year. And I know that's, I know I done had some crazy-ass Cavs takes, but I think that if they continue the way that they are and they get to the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, hypothetically, who knows what can happen, and then they can find themselves in the, in the Finals. But you switch over to the NFL, the most beautiful thing about the NFL is the parity. You just never really know who's next up. When I look at the Cleveland Browns, I know Tyvis said he kind of got cussed out because of something I said yesterday, but I think it does go down to Deshaun Watson, right? Like if Deshaun Watson can return to form or anything like that, the Browns have shown the culture has changed. I think that there is a lot of good stuff going on in that building to where the parody, the parody pendulum can just suddenly swing in the Browns' direction. Who knows? I know next year's Super Bowl logo got orange in it, so we'll see. So, but the thing is, this is the one this is the one difference between – I ain't going to say it's a big difference because it can happen in both ones, but you said unless Patty Mahomes retire, he's going back. What if Patty Mahomes get hurt for the rest of the, the whole season? Well, then it's open. And I still don't know. See, that and can... that's the thing. Like, that happens more times than not sure. in the NFL yeah. than it does in the NBA. So, I, it, the, the Patty Mahomes thing doesn't really bother me that much. But I, I understand it because Patty he doesn't bother you that much. The guy's made six straight AFC. <laughs> yeah, no, no, said, no, I'm saying. Earl said there's parity in the, in the NFL, and he's right. Unless you're a team trying to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC. And what that's I, someone saying who just picked the Browns for this argument because of all my points. But I think the AFC is loaded. No, like what, I, what I'm saying is, like, it doesn't bother. Because, like, at the end of the day, he can get hurt or he can have an off game. Like those two things are possible to happen. They've been waiting for six years for him to have an off game. He had, all, he had an off title game. game. He had an off game. The Joe Burrow did it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I know. Joe, and on top of that, Joe Burrow was about to do it again. If they was, they are late hit away from not being back in the Super Bowl and doing it two years in a row. So it's there. It's on tape that it can be done. The you whole, just have to do it. The whole thing with closer to. Well, if, if you really want to draw this thing out, it comes down to contracts, right, and windows of contention. And I know the Donovan situation's hanging over the Cavs. Per, personally, I think he needs to sign an extension this summer, and I know I was the first one to write he wants to go to New York. But unless this thing completely unravels in the postseason and they flame out in the first round again, I really think his best path is to sign that extension this summer, which buys them a little bit more time. Doesn't mean he's going to stay here the length of the extension but it buys them at least one more year where the Cavs can keep this thing together and you can get another year of growth out of Evan Mobley. I know Deshaun's contract is five years and we're only going into year three, but this really feels like the make or break year. Like this he, feels, he has to do it this year. He, yeah. it, like there is so much. And again, we talked about this last year and it rolls over the miles situation. He ain't getting any younger. He's in the prime of his career. The Nick situation, what kind of chub are you going to get back? If you even get him back, is he going to be the same guy or not after two massive knee injuries it just feels like the Browns clock is ticking a little bit faster right now than the Cavs is and if Donovan chooses not to sign an extension this summer and says he wants out that changes the conversation I don't know how you can do that right now if you're him I, I just think his best path is to sign the extension this summer that buys him one more year in Cleveland you can run this back next year with the Cavs I'm half kind of mostly joking about the LeBron thing 
But even with what you have back, what you're bringing back, what you're running back. What do you know? No, I just, he's close personal friends with LeBron James. I am not he, close personal he, friends. He, he every other throwing, day. It's no re- he keeps dropping it I in just, there. I just, think <laughs> it makes, I just think it makes too much sense. Listen, let me. If you look at it from the 30,000 foot view, I just think So it makes are sense. you saying Spider and LBJ pick and roll coming to a Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse near you? He said it makes sense to him. He said it makes sense. I, if, if he wants to win another championship before he retires, this team's a hell of a lot closer than the Lakers are. I second that. Everybody second that. He can come back here, have a storybook finish to his career. Yeah. Now, it would be the cap. It would be, be hell. It would be hell. It, you do it before a championship? You do it. It's oh, worth yeah. it. But, I mean, really, the only way to make it happen is either LeBron has to take the mid-level. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, let me... <laughs> The Maybe. roster, if they get LeBron, the, the one caveat with them getting LeBron is the roster is going to look way different because so, they can't keep everybody. Wait, so let me ask you this, though. Hypothetically speaking, I got two things I want to ask you about. But the first one, since we're on the LeBron top, I'm going to ask you. LeBron comes in. Let's insert him. Let's, ins- let's take who's a- Max Struess out yeah. and insert him in at the three. How does that work with Darius and Donovan? Well, I mean – LeBron doesn't have to play. It doesn't have to be as ball dominant. He's as a point. He was. He's like essentially a point guard. Well, he, I, I, his usage has gone down each of the last three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's finally. <laughs> it's like forty. He's finally starting to like phase out of yeah. ball dominant. All, ball has to be in his hands. Every action has to run through him. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a pipe dream at this point. It would probably either you need LeBron to take the mid level or you need to do a sign and trade with the Lakers because you don't have the cap space to take him. And I don't know what the threat is. It's not, like LeBron has to go to the Lakers and say, trade me to Cleveland or else I'm going to sign with Detroit. Like, what sense does that make? Yeah. You know, because they, the Cavs don't have the cap space, nor do they really have the resources to create the cap space. Like, it would be hell to try and get to the type of money that LeBron's making. It, it's, that's why I'm <laughs> saying, like, I'm mostly joking. <laughs> but, like, you don't think I he mean, take is, the mid-level? It is the <laughs> He, t- he told me. Let me ask you this. He told me I ain't a mid-level player. So let me ask you this. <laughs> what, if, what if they said, well, you take the mid-level, we'll draft Bronny. I mean, Bronny is not, not at all. a first-round pick. Not at all. But they said, well, if you take, you take the mid-level. This mid is level. going to be a fascinating <laughs> summer in the yes. NBA. Yes. Because of the LeBron situation, he's got an option year for, to go back to L.A. next year. I doubt he exercises it. Like, this is the game that he plays. Yeah. And with the Bronny situation hanging over everything, the Cavs do have a first-round pick. We'll see. It's a weak draft. Is there a better than 0.1% chance LeBron's the first over, uh, Bronny's the first overall pick? Oh, boy. What? Oh, boy. A better than 0.1% <laughs> that a team would take him first just to get LeBron. What? The first pick in the draft, you think it'll be Bronny? If no, just to get it, it shouldn't be. There's no world, and he should be the number one overall pick. But I'm saying no. Yeah, I'll answer. I no. don't. I don't. I don't think a team in that position that obviously has all of well, the LeBron will be officially forty oh, next season, right? Jason, the, the, do the Cavs have a second round pick this year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they do. All right, so I, I got it. I got the scenario right. Bronny come. The Cavs draft him in the second round. LeBron comes back. Bryce can come play for Michi Johnson Sr. at Warrensville High School. And then it, settle, it settles everything. <laughs> so he, it, he ain't it works for everybody. He, 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 I don't think he's leaving uh, Cali. Hey, Earl, real quick. Put it in the, put in the chat. 
Cavs or Browns? Who's closer? I, I, I'll be very. Oh, it's in the chat right now. I was gonna give it to y'all later. Oh. All right, well, let yeah, me, well, well, whenever we wrap up, but I'm last very one. curious on let that. Let me yeah. wrap this up about Donovan. If they, if it came to the scenario where the, the Cavs did have to trade Donovan, mm-hmm. do you trust Kobe Altman not to butcher it like he did with Kyrie? I hated the Kyrie trade. I hated the Kyrie trade. Uh, Kobe's had a pretty good track record. Now that the... Well, it, this is a big star, so... It, it, it's It's... What are you trying to get back? If you, if you get to the point you have to trade Donovan, it really depends on where they're at at that time. Yeah. Are we talking this summer? Are we talking he signs the extension and it's a year from now? Because, I mean, <laughs> I was talking to someone else in the league who agreed that tr- the, the compensation for the Utah trade is coming like a wrecking ball. When you trade five years of control of your draft and it hasn't even started yet and that guy may not even be here, when that yeah, does begin – that can be devastating. But if you have a championship between now and then, you live with it. Or what, what do you get back? Are you trying to trade Donovan for another star that you, that you add right in? Or are you trying to get picks to recoup for the picks that you – so there's a couple different ways that they could go. Yeah. Which if, one if do you think – which one would you look at and be like, that's, I, that's the best he probably could have did? It depends. I mean, and going back to like, are the Cavs going to the NBA Finals this year? There's typically there's a progression to this. So they went in the first round last year. They got their doors blown off. Mm-hmm. Now the progression should be second or third round. You know, conference semifinals, maybe even conference finals. Mm-hmm. That's the typical natural organic right. progression of NBA playoff life. Usually, not always, but usually. And then that would set them up to be a finals contender next year. They should be a finals contender next year, even without like the nonsense, the silly stuff we're talking about with LeBron. They should be a finals contender. So if, if there's a trade out there, you can trade Donovan and you can bring in another star, you know, who's maybe got a year left on his deal or, you know, do you look to go that route and you push all in and you go for a championship or you trade Donovan for picks and you're trying to recoup. So it, it really depends on the situation that they're in when this comes up, whether it's this summer or next summer. If they, if they get blown out in the first round this year, they probably he's probably not going to sign that extension. Mm. You're probably going to have to look at dealing them. And at that point, you're probably trying to recoup picks yeah. because there's no other real star available on the market right now, I don't think, that's going to become available. And you're trying to restock the cabinet for all those drafts that you gave away later on. And then you can sort of reload. You build around Evan, Darius, and Jarrett. That's a pretty good three to start with. Yep. And and then you try and, and hunt for another star when it becomes available, I guess. And one thing to keep in mind, if that situation comes up, and we don't know, we'll see. If they make a deep playoff run, I'm with Jason. I think Donovan would be silly not to oh, yeah, at least sign the extension, and then you can figure out what happens later. But with the new CBA and the luxury tax and some of the new rules in the CBA, I'd be very surprised to see any compensation for a star match what the Timberwolves gave up for Rudy Gobert, yeah. no, what, the, never what the Phoenix Suns gave up for Kevin Durant, what the Cavs gave up for Donovan Mitchell. Those days of five first-round picks. What did the Suns give up? For Kevin Durant? Yeah. Four first-round picks, Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, so the that's days over. of those yeah, absurd trade hauls because for a star, everybody, nobody's got their anymore. return on that. Nobody's seen a return. Well, and that. now with the luxury tax, and it costs even more money, and there's certain. Isn't it a those, new rule now that they like stopping team people from being able to make a super team? Not really. They keep trying. They're trying to. It's and, and so what they're what they've done now is they've incentivized guys to the point where it makes sense to re-sign with your current team and then trade a year later. Yeah. So that's what happened with Durant. He signed with the Nets and then they traded him anyway. Yeah. Donovan went through that exact same thing in Utah. Signed he signed the Utah. extension 
So, same with them. Gobert. Yeah, Literally, same Utah, with they, Gobert. Had, they had two. Yep. So. so that under that circumstance, Donovan would sign an extension this summer, lock in his money, play another year in Cleveland, and then then ship him out. Yeah. If he so wants to, or that, he can stay in Cleveland forever. Who and knows? that's why cap space isn't the end-all, be-all like it used to be because guys aren't necessarily making it to free agency like they did back in the day. They're re-signing with their current teams and then being traded. Gotcha. Oh, what were the poll results on the, the money Cavs just makes too much sense to Browns. stay with the current team rather than leave your team and sign. So you get you way get more money for resigning yeah. for resigning than you would as a street free agent. Not that true. All right, so the poll results. Uh, it's been up 15 minutes. We got 157 votes. 63%, 37%. Before I give y'all who's who, who y'all Browns. think is Chad thinks it's the Browns. They took the Cavs. It's the, no, it's the Browns. Yeah, they took Chad the, thinks it's the Browns. They took the Cavs. 63% Cavs. Wow. 37% Brown. I'm surprised. Me too. Means I won again. Well, at least the chat had the conviction to, to say this. an answer. I won. I, you I, don't get to come to I won. That was the longest monologue ever to say nothing. To say nothing. I did you say a lot. I brought up yeah. a lot of. You'd be I mean, great at press conferences. I, I you just talk and talk and talk and <laughs> talk at the end. What with you all the mean? I brought up all, I highlighted all the points, all the pros and the cons. And then at the though. end of the day, I felt they were the same. <laughs> they weighed the same. The 37% by the chat, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because of lack of faith in the Browns or Pat Mahomes is that dude? I think it's both. all both, but I think it's all the the big question on Deshaun. At the end yeah. of that, that'll be the biggest question mark in the NFL when, for twenty twenty four. Not just in Cleveland, for the whole league. I what is Deshaun, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun lost that Kansas. Didn't Kansas City make that comeback against? Yeah, they were twenty one or twenty four nothing. It was a half, right? Like the second half, they just came on and they just. I think they were up 24-21 in like middle of the second quarter before Kansas City scored. But yeah. That's what it is. That's like, but the thing is, he was having some success. He just, it, it's ultimately, this is the thing about Deshaun. Deshaun has showed you that he can go toe-to-toe with any quarterback in the NFL, and I respect that about him. The difference between, hopefully the difference between the Texans and the Browns, if that was to happen again, is that Nick Chubb would be there. And if, assuming Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb, like that would <laughs> – that would solidify that the, the Browns will win those games. If they go up big and you got Nick Chubb, you won't lose those games. And Houston didn't have that. But I don't know what you're getting with Nick Chubb anymore. Yeah. And now that Deshaun's coming back off an of injury, he's got to show, he's got to prove again that he's healthy enough to get those things done. Had we asked that poll two days after the Knicks loss, it would have been 90 10 Browns. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's 48 hours removed from the Super Bowl. It's a bad taste left in their mouth still from the Texans' loss, even though Deshaun wasn't on the field for it. So we'll see. I guess from that instance, it makes sense. I just figured the chat would be all Browns all the way. Oh, we had a hell of a halftime performance by Usher and Alicia Keys. And I know we're going to talk about potential for next year's halftime performance. Do we have a read first? Yeah, we do have a read first. Uh, again, man, make sure you download the Game Time app. The Cavs are right back at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse Wednesday. Download the app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today and get your tickets. So, Usher killed it. I think we can all agree yeah. Usher killed it. Yeah, it was a good um, show. Good show. Seen something yesterday that kind of sparked my interest. Lil Wayne said he wants to headline the Super Bowl next year in his hometown of New Orleans. So, I'm curious how you all feel about Lil Wayne possibly headlining. headlining 
the Super Bowl, and if it's, if it's not Weezy F, baby, then who? There's only one person who should start this question off with, and it's Jason Lloyd. Jason, what do you think about Weezy F, baby, <laughs> for eventually being the halftime performer for next year's Super Bowl? And Browns will be in it, right? So I'll be busy right, and I won't be able to watch it. Uh, right. Great cop-out answer. Tyvis, <laughs> we were talking about this before the show, uh, and Earl, I'll bring you in on this too, but we were talking about our top three favorite rappers, hip-hop artists, and I believe he was in your top three, right, Ty? If I remember yeah, correctly? Yeah. yeah. So Listen, you're all for it. If Lil Wayne is, first of all, it's in New Orleans, and I don't really know too many bigger stars out of New Orleans than Lil Wayne. So with that being said, he's, he's had a ton of success in the rap game. He's a universal name. Everybody knows who he is. He makes good music. He'll play all of his radio bangers, which will really make a lot of people upset because a lot of his mixtape stuff is really what we want to hear. But I'm not going to go down that road. I think it is a slam dunk. I'd be just ir- interested to see who he brings. I mean, think about it. He could bring Drake out. He could bring, He's got features with everybody. Yeah, he, he could everybody. bring anybody to that, to that show, and everybody will recognize He could even bring the rock people out. He got a rock album. So he can appeal to every genre of music and I think it's a slam dunk if you're gonna have it in New Orleans Lil Wayne is the guy I hate getting old and I hate the notion that I'm getting older but maybe the only benefit wait till you're my age the only benefit of getting older is now I'm part of the generation that the NFL is trying to cater to for their halftime shows and Lil Wayne would be right up my alley mm-hmm. when they had the 50 Cent Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg that was, the in best LA. One. That was awesome said. those were all the songs the from my one. middle school high school years <laughs> Lil Wayne was just as much of a uh, permanent fixture in the music rotation when I was growing up as anybody. So I'm, I'm all for Little Wayne. It makes sense. Being in New Orleans, he's from New Orleans. He has, or what would you say, 45 to 50 songs that the common folk would know. Like, if you, you may not know it's Little Wayne, but you, you, if you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. He would play every song that you've heard of. He has features with everybody. The guest list of people you could bring out with him would be phenomenal. And I was telling these guys before, I'm not a big music guy. I probably know the words to like eight songs total in my entire musical library. That's crazy. Four or five are Lil Wayne songs. So like, yeah, I would, I would be all in. I'm all for it. Y'all want some poetry real quick? You want what? You want some poetry real quick? Let's hear it. Okay. My leather is so soft, but don't think I ain't hard. They say Wheezy make it rain. I say I ain't God. But I am God, son. But you know I ain't not. See, he got a positive aim and I ain't nine. Man, look, Wheezy got a style that I that even I can't find. Man, some stuff just be so hard, I'd be like, that line ain't mine. <laughs> when he said real G's move in silence like lasagna, I lost it. Like, that was the one line from a Facts. movie. That, that's just one of the all-time greatest lines of all time. No, the greatest line. My favorite Lil Wayne line of all time is at the end of Upgrade You. He goes, uh, what'd he say? Uh, what'd he say? <laughs> is it, is it YouTube appropriate where we're not going to get canceled? No. He's, what did he say at the end of Upgrade You freestyle? Uh, How are you going to say it's your favorite lyric of all time? You don't even know it. Because I got to sing it to myself so I make sure I say it right. He said, oh, even deaf women say hi to me. She tell a blind chick and she say, I got to see. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, real quick. Because I know we ahead of schedule. But this is a bar from Evan419. Uh, Wheezy F, baby, and the F is for fire JB. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Evan Forward, who's our guy, he hates JB Bickerstaff. Well, hates not the right word. He is just anti JB's the right coach for this team, and he's very vocal about it. And I appreciate someone standing on business. If you have an opinion, roll with it. Evan Forward, is not scared to roll with it. But I think Little Wayne would be a phenomenal choice for next year's Super Bowl. I got a question for uh, Mike and Tyvis. Yes. Looking at Jason, if Jason was a Lil Wayne fan, what would be Jason's favorite Lil Wayne song? Miss Officer. <laughs> <laughs> Lollipop. <laughs> something, Can something. we get a shot at Earl? I just met Earl Luce's headphones. <laughs> am I right or am I right? You this. are a thousand percent correct. Are you All right, what's Miss Officer? No, of course I haven't heard Miss Officer. Look at me. Do I look like I listen to Miss Officer? We'll show you, off. we'll show you after the show. We don't a, want to get anyone in trouble. It was like a radio bang. Yeah, it was a radio song. I probably heard it then. Yeah. We 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 we. Does he have any collaborations with like Dave Matthews Band, <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies? He does have a rock album. <laughs> he, a rock he has album. a rock album. Yeah. He's got a he's got Neil a Diamond, Little Sweet Caroline. No. No. Nothing. No. 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 <laughs> All right, Earl. Let's save let's save Jason from any more future embarrassment. That's crazy. I do think Miss Officer you, would be Jason's song. You don't song. listen we'll, to Little Wayne. We'll show him after the show. We'll show him Wayne after the got, show. You know, Little Wayne is like the only person that can get rid of get away with singing like the Pepto Bismol commercial and a rapper and make it sound good. <laughs> He's the only rapper I know that's that said literally said the entire alphabet, like A B C D, like the whole thing, yeah. and it was fire. The chat said Jason would like a Millie. A mill, that's it. I, I can see a Millie. That'll be the last song he performs if he did. He's got, he's got to start with on me. He's not going to play no mixtape stuff. Well, now I got to listen to Lil Wayne the whole way home. Yeah. Can you, like, I, can I can't wait him. for that, that post-drive home text. He's going to be in the doing, doing about the speed limit. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to our Millie. <laughs> when Jason gets pulled over going 115 on the way home and he's got Miss Officer <laughs> blasting from the Beamer or from the Mercedes, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm going to jail. <laughs> All right, Earl. One more read. I, I love this next topic. One more read, or we get right to it. No, one more read. Perfect. Uh, so the second of the ultimate shows, man. Don't forget the ultimate two one six show will make its second episode, first live appearance this Thursday at five p.m. I'm kind of working on booking a guest uh, who actually, you know, really, really disagree with the G- DG talk. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna have a conversation about life, culture. And, uh, of course, take some super chats and answer some questions along the way. So don't miss the next episode of the Ultimate 216 Show. And Ultimate Cavs tonight, 5 o'clock, me and Jason coming at you live. And y'all going to be playing a Millie. I'll make sure Jason's heard a Millie by then. So uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They clean house. They cut some players yesterday, Mitch Trubisky being one of them. Mm. They've already hired a new offensive coordinator and a name that's been surfacing as a possible new quarterback <coughs> is the Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields. I already know type is go Bucks. But does this move or potential move of Justin Fields to Pittsburgh, does it worry you a little, scare you a little bit? Like, how do you all feel about that? Russ would scare me a lot more. I mean, I I don't disagree with you because he shredded us last year. And I told you the weaknesses right now for our defense is going up against a quarterback that knows what he's doing. I mean, in Denver, he'd have essentially probably more weapons in Pittsburgh 
than he did in Denver. They got some weapons, yeah. Yeah, and I think that they would be fine with, with, with him. But Justin Fields just brings the athletic standpoint to it where you got to chase down this guy and you got to pray that it's not the day that he's on. When Justin Fields is accurate and he's consistent, he's as good as any quarterback in the league. He's make, he make throws and darts that every quarterback in the league can make. But when he's inconsistent and he's overthrowing stuff, that's when it's bad. But as far as that running ability goes, I mean, that's always something that's going to scare a defense. That's going to keep your, your defensive coordinator up at night. And you think about George Pickens, uh, Pat, Firemuth, uh, the two-headed run game that they got, and you add Justin Fields with that, that, that's a pretty decent offense. This may not be totally fair, but Mason Rudolph was supposed to be the heir apparent to Roethlisberger. Remember that? Remember yes, those yep, days? Yes. It was supposed to be Rudolph. How'd that work out? Nope. Never developed him. Well, he he won their last. Couple he had a couple seasons. moments, yeah. but I mean, clearly they don't believe in him. They're back Cle- yeah, that's clear. That. So Rudolph didn't work. They tried developing Kenny Pickett. That didn't work. They tried Trubisky off the tr- scrap heap, and that didn't work. And now the new offensive coordinator, who I've heard good things about, Arthur Smith, former head coach of the Falcons, is there because he chose the wrong quarterback in Atlanta. So is this really a quarterback whisper? The whole reason he got fired is because he chose Desmond Ritter. Yeah. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in Mike Tomlin or Arthur Smith or anyone with the Steelers developing a quarterback, developing a quarterback because they don't have a very good track record of it. That's why I say Russ would scare me going to Pittsburgh a whole lot more than I believe that the Steelers can take someone who probably has been damaged by what he's gone through in Chicago. Certainly probably needs a fresh start, but I don't know that they're the ones to sort of pick him up, cleanse him, rehab him, and, and yeah. make him a viable NFL but I, starter. At the end, of the, I think that – with the weapons that he has around him, I think the biggest difference between him and Kenny Pickett is is obviously the mobility. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily fix your offensive line that much. You have to do something to it because it's not that great. But he can overcome that because he's done it in Chicago. He's ran for his life in Chicago for two years. So he can, <laughs> he can still keep that offense going and it can be serviceable. And use that run game came to life, and it shows you that if you got a quarterback that players believe in, they play better with Mason Rudolph in there. Yeah, they did. So it's there. It's just a couple of things that they need to tweak a little bit as far as the offensive line. And like I said, if they got a quarterback that's mobile that can survive, or that can get away or escape the pocket a couple of times to bring extra yards, that's still really good. Let me preface what I'm going to say with this. It worries me a little bit because anyone is an upgrade over what they had last year. As a Browns fan, someone who wants the Steelers to stay at the bottom of the AFC North, keep Kenny Pickett. He's great. <laughs> He's the guy. He just needs more time to develop. His tiny hands will grow. He's going to be a guy who could throw 11 touchdowns in one season. He's the guy. Stick with him. Give him a little patience. Now, nah, if he ends up becoming so, the guy, you're going to be bad. That's fine. So anyone, in my, frankly, I think anyone's an upgrade. I just, and maybe I'll be wrong, I'm not buying the Justin Fields hype. Not, he's, he's fine. He's solid. He could be an okay quarterback. But after three years of having, and granted, Chicago was a train wreck. Their coaching staff did not put him in a position to succeed. But if you still have to ask yourself, is this the guy after three years? In most cases, there are exceptions, but in most cases, the answer is no. And if you're bringing in a guy like Justin Fields, who will be on the fourth year of his deal, you have to decide, give him the fifth-year option. Do you, how, how are you going to handle the money? Are you going to pay him and invest in him as your franchise quarterback? Guys, he's just an, he's an average passer of the football. Who? Justin Fields. He has the talent. His arm's phenomenal. 
But from what I've seen, he's a slow processor, he's an indecisive quarterback, and he's phenomenal with his legs, but I don't think you can just win as a mobile quarterback in today's NFL. So I'm not too worried about Justin Fields going to Pittsburgh if that's the quarterback they decide to become the next, the next guy in line. I'd be more scared of a guy like Russ Wilson, who's a little more proven, and, and I think he might not have the same ceiling at this point of his career, but his floor is nowhere near as low as Justin Fields is. I just, when it comes to the quarterback thing, I just it's all about getting them with the right play caller. Mm-hmm. That's, like I said, I, I, I always talk about Aaron Rodgers and what's what's the guy? What's the, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Joe Flacco, Ke- Kevin Stefanski. Like, you get with the right play caller that understands your style and you run it and you run it. They, they Their style fits what you're best at. Magic happens. Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid. Like, it, it's just what it is. I don't know if Arthur Smith and, and Justin is great. I don't know if Arthur Smith and Russell. What I will tell you about Russell is I know he got a bunch of coordinators fired in Seattle, which is crazy <laughs> to sit there and think about that. But I, Arthur Smith and Russell could be great. Arthur Smith and Justin Fields could be great. I don't know. I would have to see what it looks like when it gets there. But from an athletic standpoint, I would fear – Justin more than I would Russell even though Russell understands the game of football and he hurt the Browns oh he cut them deep it's just something about I I, at nighttime as a DB as a DN as a linebacker to know that I gotta chase down this quarterback bothers me more than a guy who's gonna sit in the pocket if the pass rush gets there we'll win but if the pass rush gets there and he still escapes and he can oh by the way get a thousand yards a season with his legs that's scary I believe Justin Fields could still have a good NFL career, a very good NFL career. I'm just not sure the Steelers are the organization to pull it out of them. For as good as they are, make the playoffs every year, we know that, predicated on defense for the most part. Aside from Roethlisberger, who is a Hall of Fame talent, they've had a number of years now to try and develop somebody, and they've missed multiple times. I'm not sure that's the organization. They get get Le'Veon Bell back. Yeah, okay. Said he, he said he'd come out of retirement just Only for, for Pittsburgh. <laughs> Did he bother asking anyone in Pittsburgh if they want him back? <laughs> that was <laughs> kind of important. Those were the glory days, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I did like. I don't think Justin Fields bad. I think he's okay. I think he's fine. And he certainly has potential. I I just, did, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just not banking. So you're for, if, if you're going to make a move for Justin Fields, you have to kind of decide if you want to pay him, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's going. So it's if, not like a rental. It's something you have to decide. This is either. The guy who's going to be our next franchise guy, and you got to pay him. I guess you get one year look at him. If Justin Fields is the only team that should trade for Justin Fields, it's maybe, maybe potentially two. It's either the Falcons or the Raiders. They're the only two teams that I would even, outside of those Pittsburgh's two. Pittsburgh's not one of them? I wouldn't. wouldn't. I wouldn't. For, those, for the reason that he said. But I feel like in Atlanta, there's so much talent around him. Like they're literally just a quarterback away. Like. Well, they hired Zach Robinson, the offensive coordinator from the Rams. The Rams, yeah. And his philosophy, and he's under the McVay tree, mm-hmm. is a precision timing offense. I don't necessarily know if Fields fits that mantra, but who knows? If he is a no, I think that would probably be work best for him, right? You come out there and say your first read is here, and you need to get it out at time. That takes the thinking out of it. I, I was looking at it from more of an accuracy standpoint, like. Oh, he can be. That's the thing. He can be. He's made pass where he's extremely accurate. His career sixty percent completion percentage in three seasons now. Well, give me a couple. Of, give me some guys who's. How many people is that much better? What's Watson? Sixty three. Well, I mean, the league average this year was sixty four and a half. 
This year? Yeah. Dang. Okay, 4% off. That ain't bad. I mean, I, I, and listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like anti. I, I'm not saying Fields is terrible. Like, I, he could, I'm, I just I, don't know if he's the guy that fits that system. That's all I'm saying. I don't – it's so – he is so hard because they don't have nothing in Chicago but DJ Moore. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know where. And their I, coaching staff was a business. And yeah, they didn't like, do their, nothing. Their staff did they no did favors. that man no favors. Yeah, yeah. So, I – this is a situation where I don't know what to do. I don't know what you should do. Do you think he's repairable? Like, he's obviously damaged goods coming out of Chicago because of the whole coaching debacle he's been through for three years. Would you bet over under, I don't want to say Pro Bowl because everyone gets in the Pro Bowl, but like over under, we'll say a Pro Bowl, one Pro Bowl year for Justin Fields in his career? You can get that, uh, just, uh, for but, sure. but, you can get that but, from uh, just running. No, 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 but, but a – not an injury replacement Pro Bowl. Like, he's one of the three quarterbacks selected. Over under one. Over under half. No. In the AFC? Any, any conference. Maybe in the NFC, but the AFC, no. So, you take the under. Yeah. Or well, he's in the NFC right now. Yeah. Jalen Hurts. Whole career. He's got a whole career. Who was who the this year? Jalen Hurts, Matt I think Stafford. I think he could. Jalen Hurts, Matt Stafford, Party. and Purdy. Oh yeah, he could, I think he could get one of them. All right, so take over. I mean, if you're the Rams, would you look at something like Fields? How much how much longer does Stafford have? They drafted Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I don't know if they have the trade capital that Chicago would seek. What do you think? A second? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm just spitballing. Yeah. But like it, to have a, a heir apparent lined up. Put Sean McVay with Justin Fields. Sean that, McVay get the best out of him. That, that would be great. Because they offense, they got the running back, two receivers, one receiver on the way out. Great I will offensive say, scheme. I talked about a guy who, coming off three years, if you don't know if he's the guy, probably not. Well, Ryan Tannehill wasn't the guy after three years. He goes and teams up with Arthur Smith in Tennessee. Arthur Smith did revitalize his career in Tennessee. Very different quarterback than a Justin Fields, but he does have a track record of getting something out of – a guy that the rest of the league had kind of written off. And Tannehill was in a worse spot after his years with Miami mm-hmm. than Fields is after Chicago, but he does have that track record, or at least that. Yeah, that's true. I, that's true. Ultimately, I don't, I just, I don't think Chicago trades them. I don't think they trade them because I, I think the problem is you'll have a problem in the locker room. Once the locker room came out and said, we want Justin Fields to be the quarterback and you trade him after that, it's kind of like. So you wouldn't trade him. If I'm Chicago, yeah. no, I would build. I I would do. I, I I said this like ten times. I would if I was Chicago. They're in prime position to do what the Eagles did, what the Dolphins did, what the Lions did. I would literally take this year and build up everything but quarterback. And I would find out this year if quarter if he's good or not. I would get the pieces. I would get the offensive line. I get a running back. I get a receiver with those, all those picks that I have. And what if he's not the guy? If he's not the guy, we know he's not the guy. Definitely, we know he's not the guy. Move on from him next year. But now all we need is the quarterback because we got everything else built. But well, you're in position to pick, replace yeah. him now. Will you be in position to replace him next year? I mean, and, and real quick, essentially, the only in position so essentially, now, if you replace him now, mm-hmm. he the new quarterback is dealing with the exact same stuff. Agreed. You're in the same spot, but the only difference, the is, only difference is, is that even if even if you still have Justin Fields, you can still win games just his legs alone. Well, they have the ninth pick because of Justin Fields, the number one overall picks from Carolina. So, you know, if you, if what you, are you saying? Well, you have a chance right now because of the Carolina pick to take your choice of any quarterback in the draft okay. to be your heir apparent, as oh. opposed to if Justin Fields, you may have the ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th pick next year. 
and then you're scrambling. It's not a good position to draft the, Mike, the I guy. It's not. I, so like, all I'm saying is, you take Caleb Williams this first, the first pick of this draft. Mm-hmm. What what difference is he gonna make? Because everything else, you, well, and you then draft you, a tackle or a receiver with nine. Okay, and they then, have the most free agent money in the entire NFL. To who going to Chicago? Money talks. Uh, they ain't going to Chicago. I, I, don't, just I, saying, like, I don't see it because because especially the older veterans, because the one the receivers that you do need, because they'll say, I don't really want to play in the cold. Well, draft front. an offensive, draft a receiver, sign an offensive lineman. Oh, oh, you had a question? I'm kind of in line with Tyvis. And me and uh, Antwison back here talking, saying, you know, Justin Fields is not really getting the credit he deserves. I don't think Justin Fields is that bad. And personally, if I was Chicago, I would keep him. And I would use those two draft picks to build around him. I think the whole notion of, you know, Drake May and Caleb Williams and all that's cool, but ain't no guarantee that these dudes are going to be better than Justin Fields. Ain't no, ain't no guarantee that these dudes are going to be good at all. And I have a hard time drafting potential. And granted, everybody in the draft is potential. There's no sure lock. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is sitting right there on the board. And everybody's talking about Justin Fields need help. That's the best overall player in this draft. So passing passing on him to me wouldn't make sense at all. And for everybody that says, like, well, Justin Fields is not a good quarterback, ask DJ Moore what, what he think about Justin Fields. Ask DJ Moore, like, how he liked catching passes from him. Further, furthermore, to Tyvis' point, if the locker room has already came out and said, you know, I want Justin Fields to be my quarterback, do you really want to, like, create a toxic environment because you wanted to do what you wanted to do? If you start listening to players in the locker room when you're building your team, it's going to be an absolute catastrophe. It happened in Vegas. <clears throat> Max Crosby said if you, don't, if you don't hire Antonio Pierce, you might as well trade me. If you start listening to players in the locker room <laughs> yeah. to make your personal decisions, it is an absolute catastrophe. Yeah, you have to do what you feel is best in the best interest of the organization. I know I'm the exact same one saying you can't bring Flacco back for exactly that reason. But we're talking about a, a backup quarterback here versus the franchise piece. So if they feel like they have to move on from him, they have to move on from him. But I tend to agree. I, I think you can still work in Chicago with them. Uh, I would trade the number if you keep them. Though I trade the number one pick and try and leverage more picks. That's out of what it. I. Yeah, would you don't do. take Harrison one overall. You trade back. Let someone else draft. That's what I. Let someone do. else come up and get a quarterback, and drop to two or three. I mean, you don't want to fall too far. No, you you can't you can't drop behind Arizona because first three teams right now all need quarterbacks. Yeah. So you have Patriots, to go Commanders, and Bears. Bears. Yeah. If you, or you, in theory, if the Bears take a quarterback, right. and if the if the Cardinals stay with Kyler Murray, you can't drop past the Cardinals because they're gonna take Marvin. I just think, listen. If you think Justin Fields is good enough to be that guy, I think he's at least good know. enough to for me to get the rest of my team right. But at the, and I would still but, be oh, wait, winnable. Wait, wait. I still no, win no. games. But we just talked about this whole conversation with the Browns, Pat Mahomes. You need a guy who can go toe-to-toe with the best in the league. Do you think Justin Fields could go toe-to-toe with the best in the league? If the answer is no, you got to keep it trying depen- to find that It guy. depends on – If it depends, the answer is no. Who you getting. Like, it depends on the Justin Fields version you get. Justin Fields have had games where he's looked amazing, but he's also had games where he's looked terrible. Mike White threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> once, too. Like, don't do that, Mike. Yeah, don't. You, I mean, you, I'm just saying, like, everyone has you know, good games. You know what I mean. I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying, but, like, if you don't think Justin, Justin Fields, Fields can consistently go toe-to-toe Justin with the Fields best was, quarterbacks in football. Justin Fields threw a Hail Mary against the Browns that should have been caught to win a game. It should have, yeah. What does one throw make it do? I mean, they put him in position to still win that game. Joe Flacco had his worst game of the season outside of what, Texas. What point? Is, I don't. What they got to do with anything? I'm talking about. I'm just talking points. about Justin Fields. 
Yeah, Justin Fields played okay that game. What was DJ Moore's numbers this year? Very good. DJ Moore Baller. Was this his like his was. best year? Yeah, yeah, by far. By far his best year. By far. Was this Justin Fields' best year? That's a low bar. Yeah, I mean True, but was this <laughs> was this his <laughs> best was this uh, his he, best he year? He ran for more yards. This is the skinniest I've been in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying I mean, I'm in, saying, his, in his per, career, he's Production-wise, they went out and got him a, a, yeah. a receiver, and his production Let's went see. up. So it's like, okay. So go get him another one. Go get him another one. Jason, go get him an offensive mind. What's that? What was that line with Michael Jordan? They said if you needed a center, okay, you draft Mike and you play him at center. Uh, McNugget Justin, said you don't take uh, uh, Marvin Harrison number one. Listen, you draft Marvin Harrison number one, and you put him whatever the hell you need to put him at over the, on the football field. I just don't see how you have the opportunity to draft the overall best player and you don't do it. Now, I, I, can get, I get it. If you can drop down a three, you know, and accumulate more picks, cool. But if you're not getting no trade partners, I'm taking Marvin Harrison. You'll get a trade partner. Overall. Yeah, You'll get a trade someone, partner. Someone will trade up for a quarterback. It comes down to what you feel on Justin Fields. Technically, last year, Tyvis, he was more productive, but he played an extra game, so – Pretty similar. In his three-year career, he's thrown for 6,600 6, yards, uh, 40 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Hmm. And if you care about quarterback wins, which I do not, he's 10-29 and 29 in his career. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. If you care about the, I do not. Their team was terrible. Their coaching situation was a joke. But if you care about those kind of things. But, yeah. Super Chats, Earl. We'll save the Guardians for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll save the Guardians for tomorrow because uh, I think the overtime topic is fun. We only have one Super Chat, but I will read some of the uh, chats from uh, comments from the chat as well. Cool. Blue Aqua says, can the Cavs run it back and get Kyrie and LBJ 2024-2025? Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, and, and Jason has to cover him for yeah, the Jason entire season. Yeah, Jason has to be season. a beat reporter again. No. <laughs> if, if Kyrie and LeBron come back, Jason has to be a beat reporter and travel with Fedor to no. every game. Oh, Lord, no. I'm moving to Florida if that happens. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. Financially, it's, that would actually be impossible without blowing up the entire yeah, roster, right? Yeah, no, okay. that, that's not yeah. happening. One of the two, you may be able to finagle. I won't Might be Kyrie. Might be able to finagle. It but won't be Kyrie. Yeah, I think both is uh, impossible. For the most part, man, I'll be loving this chat. They cracking me up. They were really in here singing, I'm about it. If you bout it, say I'm about it, bout it. So clearly Master P is an option for the for the halftime That's show. That's a great option too. I see Scarface. Is he from New Orleans? Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> I see Scarface as an option in here. That's so a that, great that was one pretty too. Cool. That's some great they, they do they doing their thing in the chat, man. Shout out to them. Um, any final thoughts before we get the overtime? Yeah. Cavs have a big game tomorrow, and by big game, they're playing Chicago. Anything you want to see? What's that's, that laugh, Anthony? That's a big game. What's that laugh, Anthony? Don't worry about it. Uh, obviously, a, a loss Chicago's on Monday. Chicago's a big game. 
no, I'm just trying to make it a little sexier here for the last five minutes before we wrap up. But anything you want to see in particular from the Cavs to close out? I do want to see. Yeah, what do you want to see? I, w- I do want to see uh, if this if this version that we got of Darius Garland is here to stay. Um, uh, obviously, anybody can do it one time. I like to see him continue to do it, I, and I like to see him continue to find his his space. I love. I want to continue to see this Evan Mobley and him pick and roll. But I also want to see more guys off the bench. You know, is Dean Wade going to be out again? What was, he out with, what was he out with yesterday? He was a late scratch. Was it an illness? I don't know. I didn't see. I saw he didn't play, but I didn't Let see. Me, yeah. uh, I'll find it for you. Real quick. Uh, if he's going to be out, I just want to see Okoro continue to hit the three. If he if he gets a chance to hit two or th- one or two wide open threes, I want to see him knock them down. I want to see Evan Mobley continue to knock them down. And that's and, and I want him to play. I, well, I'm not going to say I want him to play four quarters of defense. I know they're going to come out with a little more passion in the first half, and I don't want their legs to get tired out, but I don't want to see them scrambling in the end of a game, you know, trying to come back to rally, use energy to rally to come back. They should be in control. They are the better team. They should be in control that entire game. I hope Okoro, I hope his confidence is at an all-time high because he could really be, he was unplayable last year. He could really be an important piece to what they can do in the playoff series. But he has to hit shots. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, he's got to have the confidence to do it. And so hopefully the success he's having this year, his numbers aren't terribly different than they were last year, but he's getting hot. So hopefully he can have the he can carry this confidence in the postseason because they are not going to guard him. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the exact same thing as last year. And if he makes two or three of them, it's going to change everything. And they yeah. will start to come out on him and guard him, and it will open up the entire floor. And then he not only is he playable, he's a really important piece to what they do. Can't take him off. 30-point game for Levert. Put, it on, your, put Levert. it on your parlay. If you're going to the game tomorrow, <laughs> use Game Time app. I will be there. So come say what's up. And I do want to point attention to one thing real, real quick that I'll toss to you. But we talk about a lot of the – with the, anytime there's drama, we talk about it, but sometimes we don't always get a chance to highlight some of the really good things athletes do in communities. Mm-hmm. I saw this on Twitter a second ago. Uh, this is a, from a legitimate source. He was on CBS this morning promoting it. Jason Tatum is donating a $1 million financial literacy program for low-income families and single-parent fa- uh, single homes back in St. Louis, where he's from. That's awesome. That's really A nice. million dollars to start up this program and... Jason Tatum's mom had him when he was 19. When she was 19, they were living paycheck to paycheck. His whole stories and background is fascinating. But anytime a player does something like that and a, a substantial sum, like a million dollars to is, start a program. Is LMA getting in on it? I'm not sure. He, he was on uh, Good Morning, this, uh, CBS This Morning, promoting it, announcing it. But shout out to Jason Tatum. That's a hell of a move. And hopefully more athletes around the country do similar things or donate to the cause that they so choose. But that's really cool to see from one of the NBA's most prominent stars. And shout out to you because a lot of times in our game, when an athlete does something off their respective playing field that's not so good, we are really quick to highlight it and talk about it. And more often than not, when these guys are out here doing like real community work and doing stuff to help other people, it kind of often gets swept up under the rug. So for you to find that and highlight that, uh, shout out to you. I was going to mess with you a little bit, but as I said, leave you alone. You no. got a ticket for the game. You want some money on your uh, on your on your uh, fan do a parlay? Where are our ticket at? I I did. I'm taking Miss Nuggets on a nice little Valentine's Day date to a basketball game. So I'm sure she loves that. It was her her idea. Really? That's the 
Best date idea she ever had. Shout out no, to I'm Shuckers. talking stuff. I'll be hosting. But I did use game time. Not even joking. I used the promo code locked on. $20 off. You got that's that $20 not, off? Free, free ad. That's a true story. We use game time promo code All right, so on. overtime is going to be fun. Off. I just want y'all all-time NBA starting fives. I'm going to tell you right now, mine's going to piss off Tyvis. <laughs> Great tease for overtime. All-time If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.